Our guest in this hour is a reporter for the International Business Times. Lydia Tomkiu, is that how uh, we say her last name? Uh, journalist focused on international affairs with a regional specialization in Eastern Europe. And prior to joining IBT, Lydia was a Google Journalism Fellow at the Committee to Protect Journalists, where she focused on pro- press excuse me, freedom in Europe and Central Asia. More than a pleasure to have Lydia with us. Uh, we're talking about a piece that she wrote entitled, Why does Bre- What Does Bre- Brexit Mean for U.S.? Ahead, or for uh, for us too, right? Ahead of British referendum on European Union, American companies face uncertainty. Lydia, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon and welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, so that people understand, um, you know, in a nutshell, uh, for those who aren't familiar, my best friend lives in London. We were talking about Brexit yesterday. Um, uh, Brexit would be the UK removing itself from, or the Brits removing itself from the EU in, entirely, Correct. Correct. So this is a very historic vote. It's the first time um, that a referendum like this has been put forth to the people in the UK. And if they do decide to leave, the polls are closing in about 40 minutes. Um, It would be the first time any country has done so, which would put it into very uncharted territory as far as how the arrangements would work, how new trade agreements would look. So it's making a lot of businesses all around the world quite nervous. Yes, and let's uh, point out one business that uh, you mentioned, um, the Brooklyn Brewery. It's in Brooklyn, New York, uh, in that trendy upcoming uh, chic, and I love it, neighborhood of Williamsburg. Um, they make ales, they make lagers. Uh, they're very much loved by people in pubs in Britain across the pond. Um, but 8% of their sales are in the U.K., so um, they are concerned over this vote. If, uh, you know, will they stay or will they go in that 28-member European Union? Explain what this means to not only Brooklyn Brewery, but anybody else who does business, especially with exports of their products to Brits. Right. So the American uh, trade relationship with the U.K. is a very strong one. Same language, shared history. It's a stable market. It's a great way for a lot of businesses to then step forward and get into the rest of the European-wide market. And for Brooklyn Brewery and quite a few other businesses um, in Brooklyn that I spoke to, they're very concerned about what a leave vote could do to the currency and currency fluctuations. So a Brooklyn ale, for example, like you mentioned, sells for about $7 in a pub in the U.K. It's already a higher price. It's a premium imported product. And they're afraid that if there is a leave vote and we see the pound depreciate in value, come to parity with the dollar, their product would become a lot more expensive. And as their CEO told me, in good times and bad, people buy a beer, but there's only a certain amount. Sometimes people are willing to spend a little extra on a premium product. So they're concerned about what the currency could do if there is a leave vote. Okay, so people understand. Uh, First of all, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Don't the Brits still have the pound? I mean, they're part of the EU, but they kept their currency. Is that correct or no? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so... Um, could it affect currencies or really that, although that may be a concern of some business owners, that may be not be an issue, uh, but more uh, the trading relationship, not just with Britain, but then the rest of that, you know, European continent and also concerns about how uh, this would affect uh, Britain. Would it destabilize the country? And of course, that would affect spending and that would affect exports for American business owners. Yes, those are all concerns. London is a major financial capital for a lot of household names, Um, American companies, Coca-Cola, Hewlett-Packard, Ford. Their CEOs have all come out and made statements um, very vocally, which is interesting, saying that they would really prefer a Remain vote. 
the CEO of J.P. Morgan came out in a letter to his staff in the U.K. warning that they might have to cut 4,000 jobs in the United Kingdom if there is a leave vote because they are concerned that they won't be able to do business the same way they are now in London, reaching into Europe and across the continent if new trade relationships have to be drawn up. And the other worry here for a lot of experts is if there is a leave vote, this would be something completely new. Nobody's done it before. It could take two to three years to figure out new trade agreements for Britain to extricate itself from the EU but maintain a relationship with the EU. So this would be something completely new, and that's got a lot of companies quite worried. Uh, no question about it. So people understand going into the vote, um, polls have fluctuated. They've been 50-50. Leave had um, a head start. And then, of course, we had the murder of Ms. Cox. Um, has uh, that action by an extreme um, conservative uh, right winger who wants uh, to leave the EU, who is anti-immigrant, everything opposite Ms. Cox's stance, um, has that murder um, affected the polls and the support or lack of support for you know staying or leaving? After her uh, killing last Thursday, the polls that were taken afterwards did show a slight swing back to the Remain vote. However, the polls throughout the last five months looking at all of this have been going back and forth a lot, and there has been quite a large percentage of people who are still undecided. So it's very hard to say. This is a very close vote. Um, The polls will be closing in about a little um, over 30 minutes now, and the counting will begin. There are no exit polls happening now the way we have in the U.S., um, so we really don't have an idea. They'll start counting when the polls close, and probably late at night here in the U.S., um, they are saying over breakfast, local time in the U.K., they'll have the announcement. So, um, you know, I'm not a gambling person, but if I was, I would not be putting money on this. I just think it's too close to call. Okay, not putting money, but what would you say the latest poll or polls were uh, showing uh, the people that are going to decide this uh, in the U.K.? The last ones that came out right before uh, the voting today did show a slight advantage to the Remain side. Um, And I think just historically with a lot of referendums, uh, the status quo tends to prevail. Really? So, okay, you're not betting, but if you had to, uh, they're going to leave. I keep saying U.K., it's technically Britain. Uh, The U.K., other parts of the United Kingdom, like Scotland, are not looking to leave the EU. What happens to the relationship between Britain and and, and countries like Scotland? We'll get your response after this quick break. Uh, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Questions or comments about the Brexit vote taking place today? Historically, Will Britain leave the EU or stay? Should they, in your opinion? Pick up the phone and join us. 888-6-LESLIE. Lydia Tomku is a reporter for International Business Times, and we are talking with her. You can follow her on Twitter, at Lydia Tomku. That's L-Y-D-I-A-T-I-M-K-I-W. The website for the International Business Times is ibtimes.com. Back with her, back with you right after this. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Darling, you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. So you got to let me know. Should I stay or 
should I go? That's the decision they're going to make for the it's Brexit vote over in Britain uh, today. It is historic. But what will it mean if they leave as polls are showing they're slanted and leaning toward? Lydia Tomkew is a reporter for International Business Times. Lydia, thank you for holding and welcome back. I had said the UK, it is specifically Britain. So what happens to the other parts of the United Kingdom, like Scotland, for example, who are still part of the EU and don't seem to want to leave, although there are countries uh, that in the UK have looked at leaving the UK rather than the EU? So Scotland is voting today, and uh, the turnout appears to be very high there, above 70% um, is what a Guardian reporter was tweeting earlier today when she was speaking with people out at the polling stations. And Scotland politicians have said that they would love to remain in the European Union, that if the UK, Britain does decide to leave, that they would hold another referendum on independence and potentially vote to leave and then rejoin the EU as a separate country. So this could have a lot of messy Yeah, that, that's what I that, forward. That, that's what I mean and I'm pointing out so that you're so people are clear the people in Scotland overwhelmingly want to stay not leave. Am I correct in that? Mm-hmm, that's correct. And that's okay, sort of so, what polls are showing. We're seeing sort of this blue and uh, red a bit electorally like we do see so a pretty strong presence to remain in the EU and Scotland. Okay, so then there would be a different referendum. So this is part of the concern of American business owners, and not just American business owners, but I think countries throughout the world that say, what happens if the U.K. is no longer a U.K., no longer a United Kingdom, or if countries like Scotland aren't a part of it? And what does that do to trade? And what does that do with regard to stabilization or destabilization of a nation? Yeah, it is a major concern. I think it's very interesting that we've seen so many companies come out and say that they want a Remain vote. And I think there's also an opportunity value here for a lot of companies to play a wait-and-see game. I spoke with one um, up-and-coming cosmetics uh, and skincare company here in New York City, and they have seen a lot of their sales in the European market, about 50% already. They have a product that's all natural, so a lot of Europeans um, are much more familiar with that, and it's a good uh, marketplace for them. And their founder told me at this point she would love to buy warehouse space or partner with a distributor in the U.K., but the vote is just making her too nervous. She doesn't want to invest any money in the market until the dust sort of settles and we see what happens, um, you know, late at night here. Um, I also want to talk about some companies. Um, you know, there are warnings out there from big corporations like J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon. He said his company could cut as many as 4,000 jobs in Britain in the event of a leave vote after the Brexit vote today um, because its operations may not be able to serve the European market in the same way they have in the past. Politically correct way, I think, of saying you know, we can't do business with you if you're not part of the EU the way we were doing business with you if you are. if you are, Automakers, BMW, General Motors, Jaguar, Jaguar, as they say in the UK, um, uh, Land Rover, Toyota, they have all warned against Britain's leaving. So that people understand, what do the people of England hope to gain by leaving? Is it making decisions? Is it about immigration? Um, or is it because they perceive that Greece is pulling the rest of Europe down and taking them to hell in a handbag and the UK and, and Britain, the England, does not want to be a part of it? It's a mix of all those things, I think. A lot of people I've spoken to in the weeks leading up to this and other pieces I've reported have touched on the massive bureaucracy in Brussels as a reason that they would like to see a leave vote. Um, And this is not just coming from Brits themselves. I wrote a piece where I spoke to the large Polish uh, population that's working in the U.K., and one of the people I spoke to that piece, 
he's been living and working in London for over a decade, works for a very large investment bank um, and a high-skilled job. And he himself said, I want to see the U.K. leave. I think they would be stronger outside of the bureaucracy. And he said, I also want to see Poland leave. So we are seeing a lot of other countries, especially some far-right parties. Marine Le Pen, for example, in France has said she wants to see a referendum in France on the EU. Um, so there's a lot of discontent with Brussels. I think the big bureaucracy there. And, of course, uh, immigration has been a big issue for the Leave campaign um, with this vote. We've seen some rather xenophobic advertisements and things throughout um, the campaign that have also come to play here. Would this be not just historic in that this is a vote and, you know, you're, you're talking about a country leaving something that really they've had a rocky relationship with since uh, they entered the fray uh, in, what, 19, uh, God, uh, how many years has it been now? They <laughs> but, entered in uh, 1973. Yeah, so um, it's, and I then... mean, it, it, it's, de- it's definitely a long time, but England is normally looked at as a more progressive, liberal, it is a socialist country, uh, leaning. Now, David Cameron, he, although he is a conservative and he actually made the promise to have this referendum on the EU, so he's not breaking his promise there, um, and it would be the first country uh, to leave the EU. And like you said, you know, it could have a domino effect, as you know, you've just mentioned with regard to France um, and, and other countries that look that way. Uh, but does, in a sense, England have a responsibility to stay in? Because if they get out, it's not just about their sovereignty, immigration in their country, and what it does to their country, but destabilizing, destabilizing excuse me, an entire continent. That is a possibility, right? Um, and it is up to the voters there to make that decision. Um, the referendum, as you sort of uh, mentioned has been many years in the making now. It was actually a 2013 campaign promise um, David Cameron made that if he was reelected in 2015, they would hold a referendum on the issue. And within his own conservative party, we've seen a huge splintering of people, both uh, pro and con the vote. Um, and so I think perhaps this is indicative of the sort of relationship England has had for a long time with the European Union. As you mentioned, they never switched over to the Europe, uh, euro currency. They've kept the pound. Um, but it would be a major loss. Uh, on its own, the U.K. is the world's fifth largest economy. Um, so it would be, you know, interesting from an economic perspective if they do leave how France and Germany, the other very big economies in the bloc, end up reacting. A lot of people feel that it would negatively uh, impact uh, future investments. Um, that's what uh, a very large amount of people polled who, you know, was their reason for staying, the people that want to stay. Um, but the Leave campaign, which you say, you know, seems to be in the lead, um, they um, argue that, hey, look, we, we would have our sovereignty back because they think they don't have it. And it would lay the groundwork for stronger immigration policies. And I almost had to laugh at that. And let me tell you why. One of the things, if you just look at the history, all the way back to Queen Victoria of England, um, England has has had the most welcoming of immigration policies. And right now, immigration isn't just about, oh, let's be nice. Um, Immigration is about bringing in um, skilled workers, um, much like Germany, into a population that is not um, uh, duplicating as fast as it was in the past. So in other words, you know, immigration is a part of the uh, necessity um, for the uh, future survival of uh, England as a nation, and um, especially in certain areas of labor. Right, and we hear that a lot, especially um, with when I spoke with 
a lot of Polish workers who are working in the U.K. now who uh, are getting degrees in computer science and mathematics. They are coming in um, and filling jobs. There are simply not enough British graduates to fill those sort of jobs that are needed. Um, for example, the one man I spoke with who works at Goldman Sachs as, as an investment banker, he was saying that a lot of other people from Eastern Europe are coming in to fill these roles um, because a lot more people in that region of the EU are studying mathematics, for example. Um, so it is both for high and low skill jobs, um, but it is important. And when we look at immigration, it, it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the Syrian immigrants that seem to be, like you said, um, this, uh, you know, immigrant phobic, you know, portion of this leave uh, campaign uh, that is, uh, you know, trying to appeal to the people um, of uh, the UK, specifically the people of England. And also um, when they just look at what they've been through for years, because like I said, since since Queen Victoria's time, and one of the things I do like um, about England is that there, her her mindset was, you know, look, we shouldn't have people starving on our streets, So let's provide food. Let's provide shelter. Currently in London, if you build an apartment building, a certain percentage of that apartment building has to be for lower income housing. And as a matter of fact, here in Los Angeles, where I live, they're pushing to do that as well because, you know, a a lot of people who become homeless just can't afford the increasing, um, you know, rents and mortgages that we're seeing in major cities here in the U.S. And it's the same, uh, you know, in in London. And so, you know, a, a lot of people are, to me, Um, what they blame immigrants for in the U.S., which is not accurate, are are doing pretty much the same across the pond um, in the U.K. and specifically in England, blaming immigrants for things that, quite frankly, um, were well in place long before refugees were leaving the country of Syria and long before some of these other people from other countries were entering England. Lydia? Yeah, I generally agree with that. And, you know, I think part of the Leave campaign, they have used the refugee crisis um, in Europe. There was a bus that was driving uh, through London, I believe, that had a very large picture showing a line of what I assume were Syrian refugees um, waiting to cross into a border. And um, they used the tagline breaking point with this. Um, and even a lot of the main leave campaigners were really upset with that message and said they, you know, did not agree with it. Um, but that narrative has gotten into this race. Um, and I think there are some similarities, as you mentioned, to sort of the debate we're having here now with this um, presidential election that's coming up. And, uh, you know, presumptive nominee, Republican nominee Donald Trump has weighed in on the Brexit vote, and he says he'd like to see um, England leave. And I want to talk about uh, what you wrote about in your piece, and let's get back to money economics, because this is really where, like you said, it'll take a couple of years to implement and probably a couple of years out. We really won't know based on the vote today if it is leave, probably for, what, three, four, five years, if it was a good or bad decision, right? I mean, this is not going to be an instantaneous impact, correct? Uh, I think the short-term impacts uh, would be something as far as currency fluctuation. We could see people pulling out or moving offices. Um, as you mentioned, Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan saying jobs could be cut as many as 4,000. So I think that would be some of the short-term effects we could start seeing. But you're right. It will take several years to figure this out, um, whether sort of things will calibrate or whether or not, as um, a lot of economists have learned, we'll uh, have warned that we'll see um, a couple percentage point drops perhaps in the GDP. Um, so I think for a lot of economists, this is a really interesting thing to try and model if it does end up happening. And I want to talk about 
exports from the United States more specifically and not just the Brooklyn Brewery. Um, is it correct that America, the, our businesses here in the U.S., are the largest inward investors in Britain and have poured over $500 billion into that country? Yeah, it's a very large sum. Uh, those sort of the biggest industries are um, in oil, petroleum, in machine parts and weapons. Uh, also, artwork is a big market. It's a very big trade relationship, and it goes both ways. The U.K. invests, I believe, in every single state um, in the U.S. There's some sort of um, British business presence. So it's a strong trade relationship. Um, New York State alone, its uh, fourth largest export market is to the U.K., couple of things. One, can you list uh, top three, maybe top five imports that come from the United States to Britain? The, the we are exporting to the... Correct. The top, top, top three or five British import, uh, imports from the United States. In other words, what are we exporting to them? What are they importing from us? What are the, you know, the, the top products. Um, as far as what we are exporting to them, that is on the sort of material side, as I was saying, with machinery, um, oil, petroleum products, um, paintings, and also medical equipment are the major ones. Um, and I'd have to look at the list again to see what their top uh, are going the other way. Um, and I don't have that right now. Sorry. Oh no, no, no. That's okay. You don't have a. You know, you don't have everything in front of you. I've got a. I've got a crew and uh, that kind of thing. We do have somebody that uh, wants to join in the conversation. Patrick's in Phoenix on line one. Patrick listening on KPHX. Um, a question or comment for our guest on this issue, Patrick. Good afternoon. Hi. Thanks for taking my call, Leslie. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Did you have a question or comment for our guest? Uh, well, it was a, kind of a combination. I just wanted to uh, point out, because mainly what's been mentioned between you and the business reporter was the trade implications about a potential Brexit from the European Union. But I, there's one thing that I find very important. It's the fact that the European Union's parliament, which is made up of elected members from across the continent, it can't actually propose legislation. And that's a big deal to me because... In almost every major country in the world, the legislative body is able to propose legislation. Currently, with the European Union, it's the European Commission which proposes the legislation, and the Parliament, which is made up of the democratically elected individuals, can't. All they could do is block legislation. Well, that's a you know what I don't uh, know enough about the operation of the EU, and I'm sure our guest knows more. Um, is that uh, correct that there can't be legislation, Lydia? My understanding was there could be policies, and this is one of the push for the leave, uh, which is to have the sovereignty to make their own decisions and not have those decisions coming from Brussels, as you had alluded to earlier. So, Lydia, is that correct that you know legislation or laws cannot be? Um, written and enacted throughout the entire continent and all of the EU membership uh, by the EU? Um, I'm not sure if I understood exactly what our um, commenter was saying, but... Um, he's asking if the EU can... He's asking if the EU can legislate. Yes and no, in a sense, right? What we've seen with the um, immigration crisis is we've seen some of the countries in Eastern Europe rejecting the policies that have been coming for Brussels 
saying, for example, that they don't want to take on quotas of migrants. Um, so we've seen frustrations and fraying there. And I think part of the main argument with the Leave campaign is that they're saying um, that they would be stronger, Britain would be stronger outside of the European Union if it was making its own decisions, if it wasn't sending money every week to Brussels, although, you know, they are also receiving money in return, um, and they've been criticized with some of the figures the campaign has put out. So I think for them, it's been a big issue of regaining sovereignty. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us today and for your article, Big Brexit Vote. We're going to find out in the morning how it went down. Lydia Tom Q. Follow her on Twitter at Lydia Tom Q. T-O-M-K-I-W. The website for International Business Times, where she is a reporter, is ibtimes.com.